she also is a goddess of witchcraft and magic, and I just think that's fun. Yeah, yeah sounds like every woman I've dated in my life. <laughs> oh, right? Ouch, Chris. And now. <laughs> aye, aye. I'm the <laughs> Coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California. This sounds great. You sound amazing. I always sound amazing. It's the world famous. Everybody sit off like BFS. Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happening, everybody? How are you doing today? You know, thank you so much for listening, and I am Chris. And I'm Christine, and welcome to episode 138 of the Chris and Christine Show. Oh, glory. It's fantastic. It is Monday as we record this. Yes, it definitely is. And do you know what else it is, Chris? It is... I don't know what. It is our podcast anniversary. No way. Yes. Are you it, sure? Yeah. For real? Years. Yes. Because you proposed to me um, right before the fifth episode of our podcast. And that was on like September 9th or something like that. And so... This would be five weeks before that. It is our three-year podcast anniversary. Hallelujah. Fantastic. Can you believe that? Three years? That's insane. Whoa. We've been married for almost two full years on top well, of check that. Check that out, man. Isn't that amazing? Happy podcast anniversary. Well, thank you. And happy I think we should celebrate. Yeah, we should. What are we going to do today? Froyo. Oh, yeah? That yeah, sounds, that it's sounds a awesome. Bogo, BOGO for Froyo. So That's how we do it. How many uh, little phrases can we make? BOGO for Froyo. Ho, ho. If you don't know what we're talking about, Froyo stands for frozen yogurt. Because I know. And Bogo's buy one, get one free. Yes. <laughs> got all that acronym going on here. I know a lot of places don't even have Froyo. Like, it's not even a thing. I thought it was what? everywhere. Yeah. You're a liar. No, it's true. How do people live without frozen yogurt? I, ice cream, maybe. I don't know. But Froyo, it's like all the fun and half the calories. I wonder if you work for like Baskin Robbins or um, Ben and Jerry's, you like. Turn your nose up to anybody who like mentions uh, frozen yogurt. No, because Baskin Robbins has frozen yogurt, and well, so do does now. Ben and Jerry's. Hey, who is that caller I hear running around the room here? It's Clover, the podcast puppy. Clover's our podcasting mascot. As she is celebrating our th- three year anniversary podcasting, Clover yep. had to come in here and uh, hang she, out. Yep, she's just lounging around the studio right now. So don't mind when you hear the little caller jingle. That just means that Clover's chiming in and. Shaking it up, right? Yeah, she was getting a little worried about us because she was hyping, and whining and crying. Please hold me. Please hold me. Please hold me. That's what she does because I've been at work all day because today is the day that I had to return to the office. What? What is that even like? Well, I mean, we're going back one day a week and we work remotely four, but I have to kick off the beginning of the week in the office from now on. So today yeah, was the Mondays. first of many. Yeah. It, it's a Monday blues you got, right? Yeah. But you know what? It wasn't so blue because people are kind of easing their way back into the office. But I arrived to a brand new monitor docking station no set up and a new keyboard and mouse to go connected to my laptop. It was really nice because... I have had to kind of limp around with my setup at my main, like the stationary office where I work in San Diego because I had all of the rest of my technology here. And so, you know, it was nice to be able to actually get a full setup and to feel organized and relaxed and able to do my work today. I got so much work done. Hey, speaking of that monitor, do you feel like you're like 
mission control or something like that? Like you've got NASA, you're like controlling the space <laughs> shuttle or something with that big old thing? No, I mean, it is really a big monitor. It's like way bigger than the one that I currently have, but it's this Dell Teams monitor. And so what it means, so we're moving away from using Zoom. No, you're not. Really? Well, the work, my work is because it's not as secure. It's not that Zoom had it all locked up. No, because remember when they had all like the Zoom bombing people? That was only because people were like giving out the passwords to like no. somebody randomly. No, it's and they because were the it. meetings had like random meeting IDs so they could like type in a number and then they'd like pop into a room. Because How many characters is that number ID? It's like six. Oh, that's it? Yeah. I thought like it was six. like a thousand or something. No, it's like six and it's like um, numbers, not even a mix of like numbers and letters. So... Uh, Teams is much more stable and secure, but this monitor, it's really cool because it's actually built in on the front of the monitor that you can like click a button and it opens up Teams for you. You can click a button on the monitor to mute and unmute yourself. Um, right turn up on the, the actual monitor yeah. itself. And then there's a little like, um, uh, what's it called? Like a phone icon. Yeah. Where you can click it and then it opens up the calling feature on Teams. And so no what's funny is I set up my new monitor with um, and the docking station's built into it so I don't have to have a separate unit. But I set it up and my boss was calling me on Teams right as I finished setup and I just plugged my headphones right in. Everything popped right open. I was able to chat with him and I was like, oh, gosh, this is actually super easy. You know what so. it sounds like? It reminds me of those like uh, – Universal remote controls that had the button for the VCR yeah. and the button for the cable box yeah. and the button for the whatever. But this one is so much easier because it, yeah, the, it's like a universal remote versus like the ones where it's like, here's for your cable, here's for your surround sound like we have. Oh my gosh, we have so many remotes in this house. I know. I can't figure it out. Every time I use a TV set, it's like a new mission trying to figure out, is this going to work or not? I'm pushing yeah. buttons. This button doesn't. And one remote turns on one thing and you think it turns on the TV, but it turns on the surround sound. Yeah. And they got to turn that off by hand. Oh, it's a nightmare. It's not a simple little system, you know. Right. I, I can't be simple. That's why I just can't do it, you know. Well, it was pretty simple, and I'm excited about that because it made the transition back into the office pretty smooth for me. But, you know, they said that everybody is supposed to come back to work on Mondays from now on, and I showed up, and, like, very few of the managers were there. And I was oh, like, well, like they do. Come on I was now. like, what is going on? And then I get an email halfway through the day that the Monday reporting schedule starts August 22nd. So I was, like, three weeks ahead. Well, look at you get an early start on the whole they process. Told, they told us it started in August, and so I just figured the first of August is today, so might as well show up. Well, how does it feel to actually like commute to work and commute back? Like have like that feeling all over again. You've been out of the you know for a while. Out right? of the community. Well, I mean, I've been going in. I because I'd been sick here and there. I didn't go in as regularly. But I was supposed to go in like two days a week, but because I was working like out in districts and things like that, I very rarely was. Anyways, it felt interesting to go back in today. Kind of exciting, actually. Like I was dreading it at first, but then I started getting ready and I was like, oh, I can go in and I can do some work. And then I saw some of my work colleagues and I got so much stuff done today. Really? Yeah. And it was like, oh, that's a really, really fulfilling way to start the week is with a Monday that's so super productive kind of gets the ball moving on lots of different projects that I need to work on for the rest of the week. So I thought it was a really great way to start the week. And then I got to come home to dinner made by my wonderful husband over yeah. here, Mr. House Husband. House Husband. <laughs> hey, I'm applying for the job. Is it, uh, is it available yet? <laughs> nope, nope. Job description's not open. But, oh, come on, man. But, I'd be so good at it. But what'd you do today while I was gone? <laughs> well, I took a trip over to Costco. We got dinner for tonight. By the way, shout out to Costco. Uh, the tacos. I was thinking about this the other day. 
or today is you were thinking about it the other day when we were sitting at dinner i know what you're gonna ask about but the about the costco tacos that we have for every time we have every week (laughs) i was thinking do they ever change those out because there was a time and not that long ago they didn't have them. They were only there like seasonal, like every like so often. Now they're there all the time. I have not not seen them since I've been there. Oh, I thought you were going to ask about your question of in different regions of the country, do they have different oh, take and make meals? I'm sure they do. But the ones here, they're basically like, uh, I think I see them at the store too. They're, they're like a spicy chicken taco. They're a spicy chicken pre-cooked chicken diced up meat and they've got lettuce and cabbage and they've, no, no I'm sorry. Cabbage they, and cheese. Yeah, cabbage and cheese plus a couple salsas and a couple limes and a stack of uh, corn tortillas. And it comes in a big package. They're about But are they corn tortillas? Because I think they're flour. No, they're corn. I'm pretty sure I they're think they're corn. flour. Are you sure? I think they're like a like a yellow flower because they Is don't taste like thing? corn. I don't, I don't know, but they don't taste like flour. I mean, like corn. They maybe, taste like flour. Maybe they're a combination. Maybe they're hybrid. Mm, Is there a hybrid thing? tortillas. <laughs> I don't know. I but don't the whole know. kit is for like uh, $15 and it serves like three to four people. Yeah. So we usually hook that up on a, um, you know, on, on a Monday night or whatever. It's easy to cook up. Just throw it in the skillet and you uh, cook it. Warm, basically just warm it up. You just skillet. warm it up. You could just do it in the microwave, but you're like high tech. I got to cook it on the skillet with a, with a little cover on and everything. Get the burners. I feel like I'm cooking. I feel like I'm actually cooking when I do put <laughs> things like on the we stove. We should call it faux cooking because it's like you're tricking yourself into believing you're cooking but regardless i had a hot meal right after i came home from work today and that was so great so thank you for that you are welcome chef chris is in the house yeah definitely Uh, how much money did you spend at costco today i don't know i don't know you know (laughs) you know dollars and cents you know i mean who figures that stuff out did you walk out with less than a full cart full uh yes yes but i did actually i did yeah just a little, like three or four items which is funny you are allowed to go to costco and buy only two things yes. that, is, that is a rule yes you can do that and didn't you know or didn't you say that you can go into costco and you can buy alcohol even if you don't have a membership that's what i heard because they are a club and price club and uh, something with alcohol clubs are banned during the prohibition era so they cannot be any rules saying that a, a particular establishment has to have a uh a purchase a card or a club card to go purchase alcohol. Interesting. So, so you do walk in there. I've never seen anyone do this before, but I heard when you go in there, you tell them you're just buying alcohol and they're supposed to give you a green card or a ticket or some kind of ticket or identification of some sort saying you're only going in there to buy alcohol and you do not have a normal Costco card. So you're only allowed to buy the alcohol. Well, we need to call a resident Costco expert to find that out. So maybe by the next edition of the Chris and Christine show, we'll have an update for you to let you know whether or not you need a membership to buy booze at oh, Costco. Oh, look at Clover here. She's doing a big yawn. I know. She's I'm, like, Mom, you're boring me. Let's move it on. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm holding her and I'm scratching her belly and she's like yawning. She's sitting on my lap right now. Come <laughs> on, Clover. She wants to get off though. Well, speaking of moving on, why don't you tell us about the things that you have planned for you this week? This week, as far as like work or what? Um, yeah, well, whatever way you want to tell us. Well, it is a new day, a new work week coming up before me now. And uh, see, I got the kids here. The kids are going back to their mom's house tonight. Yeah, like an hour, I think. Yeah, mom's going to pick them up as soon as we're done wrapping this up here. And uh, oh, uh, by the way, on uh, our radio station, uh, K2 Radio, yeah. I just launched a brand new segment. I mean, it's not like brand new segment. Oh, what's it called? Uh, well, I'm kind of working on the name, but so far I've called it uh, K2 uh, Radio. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you're still working on it. He's like, you put me on the spot, Christine. I don't have a name. Well, I'm calling it uh, acoustic songs or acoustic sessions, really. Acoustic? Acoustic. Like acoustic. Oh, acoustic. Acu- I said acoustic. No, no, acoustic. That's what I said, acoustic. Acoustic. <laughs> you're, you're acute. <laughs> Thank you. You're cute stick. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, cute. Uh, Clover's a cute too sometimes. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so what I've been looking up is for live acoustic performances by all well-known artists. And oh, had, like who? Uh, well, I put the very first session out today as you hear this. <gasps> today. Today, I know. The very first session has four artists, four separate tracks. Uh, I have the band Bush. I have the band STP before. It's all, I mean. Opposite. What about Celine Dion? Uh, I'm working on her. You know, she's hard to book sometimes. You know, she's uh, she's busy. You know, up in Canada and stuff. You know, it's cold up there mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, and all that. But uh, let's see what else. Uh, Nirvana. Um, oh, I have a rare a track by Chris Cornell. I found. I put that. Those are all on today's uh, show. So, if it's acoustic sessions, like, what is the inspiration behind that concept? Well, I've kind of the idea of them having them being live in the room, just playing on a guitar right in front of us, like oh. that feeling. You know. Which so is, uh, you everybody flew them all in here? I sure did, yeah. Man, I mean, look yeah. at you, Mr. Like, do not look at the credit card bill. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rockstar. I know. Fly it all in here, you know, get live shows here happening. So the, it's going to happen on K2 Radio. I have it set to go uh, 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. every day. Okay. For, that for good. a month until I f- change it out. So 7 p.m. and 4 a.m.? No, other way around. Okay. 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. Got it. On K2 Radio. And p- at specific time, by and the way. And remind everybody how they can find K2 Radio. Well, if you go to... Uh, uh, Live 365 app. Yes. Dot com, yes. Live365.com. Or the you, Live 365 app. Yes. And you just search up K2 Radio. And so they can just stream our radio station. That's right. And how many hours is it running a day? 24 7 365 baby doll wow oh that's why it's live 365 that's how they call it and it rhymes i just realized that well i'm really proud of you you've started off i mean it's really great for us to reflect on where we started three years ago if you listen back to those first couple of episodes we were just trying to figure (laughs) things out and we were having fun and we didn't know where this was gonna lead and after a week, Chris was addicted, and we started doing weekly podcasts. And now, look at you. You have two podcasts. You have other people that reach out to you for your expertise. You run our social media. You DJ a radio station. You learned how to create websites. What do you think is your biggest biggest accomplishment since we launched the Chris and Christine show three years ago? You know, that's a very good question. I think that... Uh I, if you remember correctly, the very first episode, the very first time we cracked the mics at all, I was like, can we even do this? Like, it is, is it even possible to even make this even happen? And I was like, I think we can do this. And we did do it. And I was kind of shocked when we did pull something off. It wasn't the greatest. We pulled something off. And I was like, wow, that was kind of fun. And then your friend at work was saying how great it was. Yeah. He was listening to it. Was it, it not- Beef and Bitmojis? Was that our first one? Yes, it was. Aww. And... Uh, you had coworkers saying it was great. Family members mentioned it, saying that it was great. I was like, wow, people actually listen to this. It's so, like, they like me. They really like me. Exactly. It's exactly <laughs> what it was. And I was like, yeah, this is kind of fun. You know, I've always wanted to be on the radio and do this kind of stuff and podcasting and, you know, like not so much really like you. I do the YouTube stuff too, but not as much because some people are always like, hey, you got to do the YouTube channel. You got to do the YouTube stuff and do the camera stuff. Yeah. That's a lot of work. Video yeah. work is no joke. I mean, it isn't. To do it right. 
with the um, different audio tracks. I was even thinking about this. Um, was it during Comic-Con, I believe it was? Or sometime actually going down there and doing like a full-on man on the street, recording the audio on one device and getting the camera footage on another device and trying to figure out how to put it all together and have multiple people down there recording stuff. That's that's another, that's a job. All right, Squirrel. Back to my question. What was your question, babe? My question was, what do you think has been your biggest accomplishment in the past three years, little squirrel? All of the above, baby doll. All of the above. What? You didn't tell me. I just did, babe. About oh. going and interviewing people? Tell me what it is. What do you feel like you are proud of accomplishing? You know, I think with podcasting, what people do realize when they get a podcast is that they, for the first time ever, get a chance to talk to people they normally would never talk to. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. And I know that for a fact that a lot of these smaller shows or like shows that do interview shows, I mean, they would never, ever, you know, would have a chance to talk to any of these people, meet them in person or talk to them ever at all if it wasn't for the fact they had a podcast. Yeah. And if you think of the places that we've had guests from, we've had guests from all over the world, from all different walks of life. We've had from many different countries, from pretty much all of the continents, except for Africa, I think is the only one that we still need to have. Um, maybe maybe a couple more, but we've had a lot of different guests from a lot of different walks of life, a lot of continents, and a lot of different backgrounds, and they just bring such a great perspective to our show. It is, and it's funny how the technology works, because when we first started, like I said, I didn't know how to even like do any of this stuff, you know? Like, I didn't right. know, like... Like when I, I first thing I did was looked up how do you make a remote call or talk to someone over the internet and record it at the same time? How do you even make that happen? I was looking at phone calls. I was looking at use your phone. I was trying to figure that stuff out. I didn't know what Zoom was. Right. And, and now you're saying Zoom's garbage. It's no, no, good. no, no. I was saying I wasn't saying it's garbage. I said that my work is moving away from it because it's not as secure. But anyway, you totally distracted me from talking about all of these amazing guests we've had on the show. But don't blame me. Blame the cute dog in the studio, you know. <laughs> she, if you didn't hear, Clover was whining because she found a piece of popcorn underneath one of the bookshelves that one of the kids had dropped. And so we had to distract her. Oh, as you said that, she's like looking in that area like, hey, 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 I want that. Yeah. Well, we know we've had a lot of really exciting guests. And this week we have another fantastic guest. Speaking of being around the world, she has a really unique story of how her and her husband celebrate going to new countries. Right, Chris? Yeah. I can't believe they actually they get remarried in every single country on earth. In every country that they visit, they definitely do. But she has some great expertise about money and shifting the way that you see money in your life. We're going to be back with her right after this. Are you in the middle of wedding planning and feeling overwhelmed? There's no need to fret, my friend. Christine Smith Designs is here to rescue you. Offering wedding planning, coordination, and wedding floral design services, let us help relieve your stress and make your wedding day dreams a reality. Visit us at christinesmithdesigns.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E smithdesigns.com and request a free consultation. You'll be so glad you did. And welcome back, everybody. Today, we have a very special guest for you. I'm very excited to chat with her. She's a best-selling author, a pioneer in personal development, and regarded as the world's leading authority on transforming relationships with money. Welcome to the show, Morgana Ray. Oh, my God, that applause is the best way to come on. <laughs> hey, Morgana, how are you doing today? Excellent. Thank you. We're so excited to have you here with us. Where are you joining us from in the world today? 
from beautiful, sunny Long Beach, California, one of many beach towns in L.A. County. Ooh. Oh, is that considered Orange County, right? We are next to Orange County. And just, yeah, if I walk far enough on my beach, I will move from L.A. It changes from L.A. County to Orange County. It's right. I think the border is somewhere in that spot. I remember driving on the 405, and then you go from, like, Orange to Los Angeles County, somewhere in that Huntington Beach, Long Beach area, I think. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Now, in Long Beach, is that where the big cruise terminal is, like, where all the cruises come in and depart from for the, well, a lot of them from the West Coast? Oh, lots and lots and lots. And it is, I think, the second biggest port in the United States, I think. Is that like down by uh, San Pedro, right? Oh, those exactly. Docks. That's yeah. the neighbor on the other side. Now, Chris, uh, you used to load uh, shipping containers at the Long Beach port, right? Yes, I did that a couple of times. I didn't care for it too much <laughs> because the time I went in there, I was so lost and they don't really help you at all, you know, and you're trying to figure out like where to go and like it's just a big mess of people and like trucks and stuff and like, okay, find this trailer with this number on it. Okay, great. There's like a million of them. Which, <laughs> where do I start? You know, it was a big pay the butt. Oh, and whatever it was then is a million times more now. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. I can only imagine, especially with all of the supply chain challenges we've had over the last couple of years. But have you lived in Long Beach your entire life? Oh, no. Uh, I moved here in 2015. See, what happened is my husband now... My first ever husband, I was 47 years old, and he proposed to me over Skype when he was on a photo safari of South Africa, and I was leading my goddess retreat in Bali. Oh, wow. This was, this is my first marriage. And I flew home, picked him up the next day, and we eloped, and I, I thought that was that. And then two weeks later, we went to Mexico because he's a travel journalist, and he spontaneously, as we were just walking by their iconic cathedral in uh, in Puerto Vallarta, uh, he just as sort of a goof said, hey, want to get married again? And we were sweaty and filthy and greasy, <laughs> and we had just been massaged, and we looked disgusting. And I said, of course. So we walked to the front of their cathedral and took off our rings and made up new vows on the spot, and people in the pews cheered when we kissed, and he got this idea that we should get married a hundred times in a hundred countries, and I'm not an idiot, so I said, of course. By the way, today we're now, I think, 26 weddings deep, but so the way this leads to Long Beach is a year into our marriage, 14 weddings later, my husband suggested that maybe we might want to consider living together at some point in our relationship. And I freaked out because we were still living in our own places about a mile apart, which, by the way, for all couples, let me tell you, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Every night was date night. It was either his place or mine. My house was filled with all of my beautiful stuff. His house was his junk <laughs> and not in my space. And he wanted to ruin all of it. So oh, as soon as he said, right, <laughs> can you believe it? First with the marriage proposal when everything was going so well, and then with the, hey, let's live together. Where does it stop? <laughs> so I, I started looking for a place that I liked as much as the townhouse I was renting in this beautiful historic district of Mid-Wilshire built by Columbia Studios. I still kind of love it. But anyway, so 
I found a house for us in Long Beach. And because it wasn't like he could move into my place or I could move into his place, we needed an hour place. So in 2015, I found my, I found it. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> a beautiful Spanish colonial from 1937, kind of exactly the same style as the place I had in LA. And we moved down here and and we just, we love, love, love. We love the- 1937, you said, huh? So cute. And we have easy access to the beach and free yoga classes on the bluff. And Long Beach is friendly. I'm a, I'm a big Long Beach booster. So yeah, my husband, you know, had this idea that we lived together. I was certain it would destroy everything. But hey, you know, seven years later, we're still happily married and getting- Getting married again. I was just going to say happily married, happily married 26 times. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And by the way, this is so great when we fight. We don't fight often, but when we do, it's so painful. And here's his trick is I'm feeling hurt and wounded and furious and I hate you. And what have I gotten myself into? And all all of those natural, normal human feelings. Mm -hmm. And then he'll say, look, I'm not going anywhere. I married you 26 times. I'm not going anywhere. I love you. I think we have so much more in common. He's he's such a relationship genius that way. Oh, what what a hero. Um, (laughs) What I was going to say is when you get married 26 times, do you have to get, heaven forbid, 26 divorces? Well, that's the thing is we're stuck. (laughs) We're stuck. Yeah, 26 divorces and... And we locked our love in Ljubljana, Slovenia, which means that we bought a padlock and threw the key in the river, and it's now covered with slime and algae and whatever grows at the bottom of a river, and my husband is a terrible swimmer. <laughs> so there's there's nothing that can be done. We're stuck. <laughs> there you go. I love that. So uh, when you go and you get married in these other countries, do you get marriage certificates in every country, or do you just like do a little ditty and say your vows and make it kind it's- of symbolic? It's different every time. I went in with no expectations. I went to Ross and bought myself a $20 white lace dress, (laughs) (laughs) which I got compliments on in Italy. And when, when they compliment the dress in Italy, you know you scored. So Little do they know. So it's a cute dress. But anyway, it depends on the country. Again, because my husband, it will, a combination of things. My husband is a travel writer, and then I have become very popular as a speaker. So we had a wedding in Manzanillo, Mexico back in 2019. That was huge and extraordinary with like 40 Mayan dancers and a pinata and a dancing horse and a and a 10-year-old like rope lasso champion and incense and magic and all this kind of stuff that was created by an anthropologist. So this very authentic Mexican Mayan traditional wedding. I had no clue it was coming, but It was at an event for authors, uh, an author award gala, and the host wanted me to be a speaker. So she said, well, if you come down, we'll marry you. And I said, 
that's a great excuse. We're coming. (laughs) And I thought that she would just like marry us in a corner between events. Like I, I had, I packed yoga pants and a tunic. That was my wedding gear. (laughs) And I get down there and there's like this huge to do that I had no expectation of. And it was amazing. So some places it seems really official, like Lake Bled Ljubljana. They had their mayor in this fantastic, like medieval grand poobah costume, cracking jokes about first night privileges, <laughs> and a translator and the legal Slovenian wedding vows, then translated into English. And and we're in this thousand-year-old fairy tale castle on the top of this little bluff and this beautiful lake and a princess island down in the middle and everything's glistening. It was my Cinderella wedding that I never knew I needed, but I really, really did. And so that was probably legal in Slovenia. We had another day-long medieval castle Wedding in in San Marino, which is a little republic that the oldest republic in the world, and it's on a mountaintop in the middle of Italy, but it's its own country. And the whole government is into medieval cosplay. Oh wow! So So it's like the uh, mayor, or the I guess it'd be the king, or who is it? A king? It was. Well, they have. It's a very specific government that I. It's I think either trades places or it's a co principality, but it's I don't even remember how the government is organized, but it is a republic and I and I used to know how it was organized. But you had all of these like tourism officials and government officials who were into medieval cosplay. So they were all dressed up and they gave us costumes and the guy playing my dad is this incredibly hardcore guy who worked for the Foreign Legion and he was a a bodyguard for the Pope and he's posting on Facebook all the time with these ginormous guns and he played my dad and he was telling my husband, you know, you break her heart and and then he makes that like I'll cut your throat motion. Oh gosh, I'd be scared to death. It, but it was so cool. Oh, and I almost forgot the most important part is after the wedding ceremony, which was all day and I'm up in this tower in my medieval underwear waiting for the marriage negotiations and then these four ladies in waiting and two guards come up and they dress me, the women. The women dress me and sing songs while the men like stand outside and and then we have this wedding ceremony and then after they marry us, they knighted my husband. Oh my gosh! So, whoa, really? They can do yes, that? he is a by the government of of San Marino. He's a caballero de San Marino. Does he get like a <laughs> parking space up front, or, <laughs> or a special knife or something? <laughs> but you know, for all of my little girl fantasies of a knight in shining armor, I have I have my bona fide. My husband is a knight. That's for amazing. Real. Well, that is yeah. fantastic. So you're an expert in well, Christine's expert at weddings. You're an expert in getting married. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, two of you guys need to get together. Go into business together, and I could just be your wedding planner for all the remaining seventy-five. Oh, that would be so wonderful! <laughs> Some of it. the weddings are just like, "Hey, you, yeah, little girl behind the desk at our hotel, can you read the script?" Oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, with your husband being a travel journalist, uh, I know that you go to different countries and you end up getting married for speaking and other reasons. But do you travel a lot with him while he's uh, engaging in his research and writing for journalism? It depends if we can. Like there's a fabulous tour 
host. It's called Flow Tours, based out of Florida, and they specialize in these amazing sort of off the beaten track tours. Of we our first trip together as a couple before we were married, we went to Armenia, Republic of Georgia, and Azerbaijan. Which wow. was mind blowing, and they do a tour that we really, really want to do of the the stands, like Kazakhstan, and you know all the, the a bunch of the 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 Middle Asia stands of these these countries that are just seem so exotic to me, and that we were going to do that, and then the pandemic hit. So he lets me come along when I can come along. I come along, and then sometimes you know. Devin's just doing a job and there's no place for me. And that's fine. And when I'm leading a retreat in Bali, you know, I kiss my husband goodbye and I try to not schedule it on our wedding anniversary or his birthday, but I usually (laughs) end up (laughs) getting one of those wrong. Well, you know, Chris had a question for you, but I have to ask something just beforehand, is that you mentioned a goddess retreat in Bali. And I've seen some of my different girlfriends posting about goddess retreats in Bali. Is that like referring to a specific type of retreat there or are all retreats in Bali for women considered goddess retreats? Oh, no, the, this this is a very specific retreat. I've also done it in Mexico. It's uh, primarily for women who want to work with me specifically and my signature process on transforming relationship with money, which is called financial alchemy. That's what I'm world famous for. And uh, once a year, although I don't know that I'll be doing it next year because I've got some other things planned, but I do this really deep dive coaching retreat with a handful of women between three and eight. And I coach each one of them individually to slay their money monster and have a new relationship with money. And my women have made millions of dollars. Sometimes they come with something else. Like on a recent retreat, a woman was having a terrifying health challenge that was literally making her go blind, a neurological challenge. And so I actually coached her on her relationship with health. And the cool thing is that the symptoms, I'm following up with her after the retreat and the symptoms of of this neurological autoimmune disease are going away after the retreat. Like her health is actually coming back. Um, So I was a geeky religion major in the late 80s. I got my degree from Smith College in religion. Religion? Are you talking about like Christianity or religion in general? Religion in general, world religion. Okay, gotcha. More from the perspective, I I was the kid who was always asking these big questions like, what is it to be human? What is what is the nature of reality? How do we have a better experience? And those are the that's why I'm a coach now, and that's why I studied religion, looking for well, how do people around the world answer these questions? And my poor father was like, why can't you get a real major? Like government or writing. And ironically, I've used this obscure, bizarre, you know, fun degree in my professional life, drawing from mythological archetypes. So I work with women individually on the relationship with money. And then I found seven seven different goddess archetypes that I like to use because they embody our 
powers and our challenges in seven different areas of our of our lives. Okay, go right ahead. Thor's all yours. Yeah. Well, I start with the relationship with money, which is really a metaphor for our relationship with life and existence. So I use the the mythology of Psyche uh, and the god of love, which kind of parallels. She thought she married she married Eros or Cupid, not knowing who he was. Thought he was a monster and almost lost lost him. So we start there. Then we move on to Aphrodite, our relationship with love, our bodies, our need to be appreciated and wanted and 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 admired i think is is just a really deep human need persephone how do we use our victim experiences for our own empowerment and to help others so i like to use the goddess persephone for that uh Hecate, in mythology, Hecate helped rescue Persephone when she was kidnapped and dragged down into hell. So Hecate is the next goddess. She, I use her as our, our archetype and our goddess for setting boundaries, saying no. Mm. She, also, she also is a goddess of witchcraft and magic, and I just think that's yeah. fun. Yeah, sounds like every woman I've dated in my life. <laughs> oh, right? Ouch, Chris, <laughs> ouch. Uh Goddess Athena, who is the goddess of wisdom and strategy, and she's Christine, also really it's you. Aww. Yeah, well, she gets she can get a really bum rap in the world, and she can also be very lonely and attacked. That's the challenge for Athena women, especially if you're visionaries and women. You can find yourself standing all alone, everybody telling you that you're crazy or being jealous of you. We it can be it can be very. Uh, lonely and unsafe for Athena women, which is why I add her at the very end, because when you have the charm of Aphrodite and the sisterhood of Artemis and the heart and soul of Persephone, when you step into Athena and you're this visionary and this leader, you're also really, really enrolling and you have a tribe of people who want to carry your message for you. And then it becomes easy, especially for Women leaders and business owners, you need you need to have sisters and friends and fans helping you. That's what makes it sustainable. And then finally, the last goddess is Lakshmi. I jumped from Greece <laughs> to Asia because there really is there's no true abundance goddess in the Greek pantheon. Fortuna is really fickle, but Lakshmi is sort of all of it. She's abundance and protection and happily married <laughs> and everything that you want just rolled up into one. And when all the goddess archetypes are integrated, you naturally embody Lakshmi. So that's 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 my pantheon for my money goddess retreat. So with that, Morgana, do you work specifically only with women or do you take on male clients also? I have always worked with men. There have been times when I had more male clients. The retreat, sorry guys, that's women okay, only. Okay, come on. Yeah. Come I on. know. I'll be, I'm a lot of I, fun. I'll be so much fun hanging out. You know? uh, of course you will. And no. <laughs> but no, I, I love, I love coaching men. Men are tons of fun. One of the unexpected consequences of coaching relationship with money that I, that I, never predicted. But what I noticed is, so when a man slays his money monster, and the money monster is kind of the underlying behind the scenes root cause that shows up 
as money drama, scarcity or being being the bank instead of the person. Just mm-hmm. I've coached people on public assistance and I've coached billionaires. So we'll just call it money drama. When a man slays the monster, which is the, what the personification of the root cause, which will make sense if I, I'll, I'll try to share my story just sure. to give it context. But uh, what happens, which is really fun, is they when they've slayed the monster, which is no no easy feat to do. They you can see it in their shoulders, like they 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 stand taller, and they feel like heroes, and they show up in the world with that sort of confidence, which is really really attractive to money, obviously, and clients, but also to romantic partners, and because they feel good about themselves, so. There's this kind of, uh, yeah, I did that, you know, hero thing with the guys. And then with women, when they've slayed their monster, they soften because they can let down all this sort of armor that they set up to protect themselves. And they also become really, really attractive to money and clients and and romantic love. One of my favorite clients she actually had her first quarter of a million dollar sales month just using my financial alchemy book that's available on Amazon before she ever hired me. Now she owns the multi-million dollar company that she used to make those sales for. No way. Check that out. Uh, but the coolest thing that came out of our coaching was, honestly, she got married and she had been with this lovely guy for years, but it wasn't until she felt safe in her relationship with money that she felt safe to get married. Morgana, I got to ask you this really important question. So how do you make money fall in love with you? When usually it's the other way around, everybody falls in love with money. They're following money. They're getting the next job. They're going for whatever. Yeah, they're chasing it. Chasing yeah. I need more money for this bill or that bill. I want this house or that house. It's always you climbing up the ladder. That's what they always taught us. And what you just described does not sound like love at all. It sounds like greed and resentment. And it sounds like, like every teenage girl like chasing that guy that they want to go out with. And why isn't he calling me back? Why is he ghosting me? Or every teenage guy who just wants to get laid and doesn't see the girl as a human being. True. So when you're relating to money as... I resent you, but I want you for what you can do for me. Ew. Ew, ew. Oh, yeah. That feels awful. So the way to make money fall in love with you is, first of all, get really, really honest about the current relationship and everything that's wrong in the current relationship. I like to start there. And we're going to go deeper than that. So I, I might trick a client by starting very gently with, okay, so... Tell me anything negative you've seen or experienced with money. And we'll start with money stories, but the solution is never there. And I know there are some coaches who say, change your money story, change your life, which by the way is great marketing, also doesn't work. So because money is money is just a symptom. Money is something that we human beings invented, made up. It, it's doesn't really exist. It's just sort of a shared delusion that one purse is worth $5 and another is worth 5000 but they're just bags. So the reason money is such a weird, sticky, 
problematic thing in our lives. Like we'll talk about our sex lives these days at full volume in public, but not about you know, how much we make or how much we owe or anything. There, there have been scientific studies back in 2009. They, they would take studies when people are talking about love or in relationship or a picnic and they're all in that loving place, different parts of their brain lights up. And as soon as the topic of money comes up, all the loving, happy, expansive, relaxed, best human parts of the brain shut down and the survival, frightened, competitive part lights up. So we know that. We know that that's what money does and that's what I want to change. So first we start with maybe the negative money ideas, but it's what money represents. That's where you're going to find the real root cause. So money represents love. Money represents worth. Money represents safety. And, you know, when it comes to health insurance in the United States, our right to exist. And it represents power. Do I have power or not? Uh, if you look at your, you know, our first relationship with money is our relationship with our parents. Did they make us feel loved, safe, worthy, powerful or not? And a lot of us had great parents, well, as good as, as they could do. But if I've, have, I've coached people who had lovely parents in childhood, and that kind of set them up for a big disappointment when they got out in the world and they were not loved and valued and safe and powerful as they expected. Is that like so, the um, everybody gets a trophy kind of, you know, the crowd or group right. where like the parents paid for everything. They took them everywhere. They, if they needed money for anything, the drop of a hat, they were handed to them. So when they get in the real world and get a real job, and they do a subpar job, the boss may fire them or discipline them. Yeah. And you're like, what? Painful what? Yeah. reality check. I even had a friend who specifically coached children of celebrities because once they go to college and they aren't special, it's a real shock. Mm -hmm. So when you get the, it's sort of like uh, being an attorney making a case against every every painful thing in your life. And to my people who are into law of attraction and positive thinking, fabulous. I would take off your positive thinking law of attraction hat temporarily and put on a victim hat instead temporarily and really go into any life experience that made you feel unloved, unsafe, and not valued and powerless. And it can be accidents or violence or an illness or a teacher who said something that hurt your feelings in passing. It really can be something that seemed t nothing at the time, but really had an impact on you, made you feel not good enough. That's, that's where I want you to look. And I want you to build up enough of a feeling about that, that you actually are like really engaged, full body, emotionally. That's necessary for change. That's lighting up your neurology. It's, it's a key requisite of neuroplasticity. Re I want to rewire your brain around money from this, this monster of scarcity and, your, and limitation and you're not good enough and the world is unfair. And I want to light up all those feelings and all those beliefs. And then through a leap of weird creative imagination, I want you to imagine that there's an actual person who's been pulling the strings in your life, your whole life to create every terrible thing that you've ever experienced. And beyond that, 
all the things that are wrong with the world. And it's a it's an imaginary person who is targeting you specifically. And it's necessary to do this because until we make it a person, it's just like a fascinating abstract idea that we could discuss forever and nothing changes. But when it becomes a person who has a size and a smell and thoughts and fingernails and teeth and eyes and opinions about you and wants to do something to you, that becomes very real. And that's step number two. The first step is uncover the root cause. Step number two is personify the root cause. And we call that your money monster. And that is the flesh and blood uh, embodiment of your unconscious relationship with money. So I love that you just said that, Morgana, because Chris and I, we talk a lot about money in our relationship. Actually, we were sitting down because we're leaving on vacation in a few days with our family and we were charting everything out in terms of our expenses so that we keep on track with it. But one of the things, Chris, when you and I are talking about money or when bad things happen to you, what do you say? Oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, you, you tell me what you tell me. You, you make comments like uh, nothing in my in my life ever goes right. Oh, it's always the F me life. Speech. Yeah, F my life. Everything. Everything always hates me. But one of the things that you were saying, Morgana, really stuck out to me is because when we even I do that, like, oh, why does everything bad always happen to me? But that's leaving it like nebulous and you don't know where the hit is going to come from. But if you were to take all of this negativity and attribute it to a monster, like the money monster or the bad mojo monster, whatever, then you can start like defeating that in some way, which I know you'll probably get to, but it makes me think about like when it comes to money. So for perfect example, um, and Chris, like I've said before we even started this interview, we like to be very uh, personal. So over the last several weeks, and we have had a decent savings, but we had hit after hit financially come to us that was very unexpected. First, it was because we bought a new house. It was this um, supplemental tax bill that was several thousand dollars. And we were like, okay, whew, we can do that. You know, we have the savings. But then it was our sports car. The clutch went out and that was another, you know, several thousand dollars. And then it was that came back from being repaired and it was one more thing with the car. And then it was something in my car broke. And then it was like, why is the universe out to get us? And I think what you're saying is instead of making it so abstract, like there's some force outside of our control that's out to get us, personifying it and like making it as if it's a monster. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. And what I really want you to do, and to anybody listening, let me tell you, the person who is in the most anger or anguish and anxiety right now you have such a huge advantage on this process. So if you're in it, yay you. It makes it really, really easy. So I want you to take those thoughts and beliefs and and act as if they're real. Act as if, wow, the universe is really out to crush my hopes. And, and it's, by the way, side note, it's not just money. I did this process years ago on a woman who had been trying to get pregnant for years and years and years and years. And she just felt like she was like her her nose pressed against the glass, looking at this world of happy families that she was denied. And within a day of slaying this, what do we call it, infertility monster, and having this new relationship with fertility, the next day she tested positive for pregnancy. Look at that. And she'd been and now and she has two kids now. Wow. I, so I've I've had multiple like health things resolve. It it's because it's 
What we're really talking about is relationship with life. I like to focus on money because it is the biggest monster. It touches absolutely every facet of life. So it's the easiest to make a monster. And it also is an area of life that needs our healing and transformation the most. So take all that as if as if you really are the victim and the and the universe hates you and just really wants to destroy you bit by bit by bit by bit. And then make it a monster. And then step three, and by the way, the monster cannot be you and it cannot be your parents. Because in step number three, you make a choice to destroy the monster. Only one of you gets to survive. And so you put everything that you don't want to continue in your life experience and you believe it. You believe that all this is wrong. You believe that this monster is real because whether you do consciously or not, your unconscious believes it's real and you put it into this monster and then you decide to destroy it, obliterate it, leave no bloody bits, suck it up with the universal vacuum cleaner. By the way, I tend to appeal to a very peace-loving and often vegan crowd. Okay. Very spiritual, mm-hmm. and I and I'm and this can make them uncomfortable sometimes. But I just say, you know, channel some sacred warrior <laughs> and really slay, slay this monster as dramatically as you as you want. There's so much energy to that. So when you talk about money, what do you say with those who, I mean, I guess you kind of put it on the same category is the ones that do not have a lot of money really to begin with. So they're either homeless or on the verge of being homeless. What do you say to those folks? I say use it. It's a place to start. Wherever you are is the place to start. Use it. Use it. And that will be, that will make sense in three more steps. It's a six-step process. I have coached clients in terrible, terrible, terrifying situations where they were on the verge of homelessness. I did have a client who was homeless who gave me a huge testimonial. He wasn't even, actually, he wasn't a client. He had heard an interview with me, made a bunch of money, and then, and then I met him afterwards. He was the the brother of somebody who had been buying my book and listening to my recordings for years in New York. He was living homeless in Hawaii and listened to a recording and got my book at her recommendation. And then he made money. Uh, you will have a relationship with money your entire life. Whether you have it you or not. Have, you want to have a good relationship with it so that when you make it, you get to keep it. Make just making money or having more money solves some problems, but it doesn't solve the problem. I've coached clients with hundreds of millions of dollars and billions of dollars who had drama, fear of losing it. It was getting, it was destroying their relationships. They were being targets. So here's why you want to have a great relationship with money because when you have a great relationship with money and I've changed that relationship with money with them, they had better relationships with people. And why is that? They make better choices because your relationship with money is a metaphor for your relationship with life and it's going to show up everywhere. It's It's a metaphor for your relationship with yourself. It's a mirror of your own worth, your own self-trust, your own self-love, your own sense of your own power. 
So, and it's how we, as a as a species, measure all this stuff. It, you didn't make it up. It's not your fault, but it is hopefully your responsibility because the ability to respond is the greatest power and gift we have. So I've got three more steps that I have to get through really okay. quickly. Okay, go ahead. Okay, when the monster is gone, and I say make destroying the monster as dramatic as you possibly can, and when it's gone, and you'll know it, because it'll feel different than anything you've experienced in your life. You've had this relationship your whole life, and you were never aware of it, but when it's gone, it's like, wow, there's an empty space there, and it may feel great, it may feel frightening, and any any difference is good. That means success. When it's gone, check to make sure there's no like lingering residue. If there is, just blow it up, get rid of it. But when it's really gone, you will feel this empty space. And immediately you want to fill that space because nature abhors a vacuum and you don't want some rando monster that belongs to somebody else popping into your life experience. So you want to replace it with a new relationship with money. And when you've destroyed the monster and everything that the monster represents, all that remains is love. So this new person, and it will be a person, will feel like the embodiment of love, and it works best when it is what I would call a lover archetype, meaning if you like men, it's going to be a hot guy. If you like women, it's going to be a hot woman. If it's non-binary, it's going to be a hot non-binary person. And this comes up all the time when I coach couples like you. (laughs) Oh my God, I feel like I'm cheating on my spouse with my money, honey. And this is my response. Great. Good job. And you will never physically cheat on your spouse with your imaginary friend, but your spouse will really, really enjoy the benefits of that erotic, sexy energy. And your money, honey, if you're in a good marriage, your money, honey, is going to be like your your marriage's number one fan and is going to really, really want you to just be happily married and loved and admired and exalted and being your best self. So great. Awesome. <laughs> and it's also saved a lot of marriages that were on the brink. Like, because when you're getting certain needs met by your imaginary friend, your money, honey, it takes a lot of pressure off your spouse so you can show up more loving. And so that's step four is you meet your money, honey. Step five is now you have a conversation, which is what's so great about making money a person. Oh, and I forgot the most important part because this is the answer to the question that you asked 40 hours ago, which is how do you make money fall in love with you? Right. Your money, honey, is in love with you and has always been in love with you and will often feel like this person has been there for a long time, but you never experienced them because you were dating the monster <laughs> and ignore. And so you had, you, you can't really experience the honey when the monster is in the room. When the monster is gone and all that's left is the honey, you, the number one rule of your money, honey, is your money, honey, loves you and chooses you over everybody in the world. And it's unconditional. They're just, this person loves you as you are and sees who you really are behind all your neuroses and stuff. But this money person, imaginary money person, their presence isn't unconditional. If you abuse yourself or you reject money and break your money, honey's heart, money is going to leave. Or if money needs to get your attention for your own empowerment and evolution and your next 
like lesson that's going to be really good for you or or is correcting your course so you can make even better choices, yeah, you might notice, oh, wow, there's a lot of weird stuff going on with clutches and taxes and drama. I, what does money need me to know mm. so that I can let go of this pattern and have more abundance? What do you need from me, money, so you can be with me the way you obviously really do want to be with me because you love me? And that's step four, or sorry, five, is have that conversation with your money. Honey, what do you, what do you need me to know here? What do you need from me so you can be with me? Hottie. Yeah, and then step six is concrete measurable action because we have bodies. So we have the power. And more than anything else, we need to let ourselves know that this relationship has changed and give it, if we want to have physical results, we it's kind of magic 101. You know, actions. Every religious faith on earth will end with and take action. So you have a conversation with your money, honey, and you just, I would just say brainstorm, come up with ideas. And sometimes it may be obvious and on the nose, like balance your checkbook or pay your taxes. And sometimes it might be go dancing with your husband, go to the beach, get a massage, you know, so just some action to just sort of lock in this awareness that this relationship is now loving, and you take that action to demonstrate more than anything else that you are your word, and you're trustworthy, and the key word being worthy. I love that so much. So with that being said, Morgana, where can our listeners find out more about you and your book if this is something that's piqued their curiosity? Sure. Yeah. And first of all, apologies to the listeners. I just tried to cram 20 years into 15 minutes. <laughs> and, and, it, and so there's a lot of really important stuff that I left out. Don't beat yourself up over that. It's just, you know, we have limited time here. So I invite you to go to MorganaRay.com. It's just my name with a dot com at the end. And you will find my four-part Money Magnetic video series, which takes more time and goes deeper into certain things that I didn't get to here. There is my, also there is my Money Love Quiz, which is really good to just get a sense of where you are in the journey. It's pain-free. There's no failing. It's not judgy. It just is like, oh, okay, this is where you are. This is what I recommend you should do next. And I always, always, always include free resources. I also have high hundreds of articles and videos to answer your questions on my blog. So I would go there first. And for a curated, like, hand-holding guide through my process and then keeping on track and making miracles happen, I recommend my book, Financial Alchemy, 12 Months of Magic and Manifestation, all of which is available on my website. By the way, secret... If you come back to my website after you purchase it, wherever you purchase it, Walmart, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, wherever, if you come back to my website with your name, email address, and your receipt number, you will get a bonus, I think it's two and a half hour Q&A call recording that I did when I launched the book. This is in addition to the bonus recording that is uh, linked inside the book. Nobody Ooh. on Amazon knows about this. Oh. Only you because you're special. Look at that. It goes into details to make the process work better. 
Fantastic. I'll put all this in the show notes of this episode today. Definitely. Well, you've Thanks. given us a lot of food for thought, Morgana, and I think that this is something that Chris and I are going to simmer over and just talk about our relationship with money. I don't know how comfortable I feel about him having a money honey, but you know what? Well, if it's it better helps than, us, It's better than a sugar daddy. <laughs> well, it could be my sugar daddy, I guess, if that's who I want to make it. But uh, we just want to thank you so much for being on the show today. And um, any last words of wisdom for our listeners? Uh, yeah, change happens at the speed of safety. So if you've been doing everything right and you aren't getting the results that you desire and deserve... It is, in my experience, having coached many, many thousands of clients over the last almost 30 years, that the odds are you are protecting yourself from what you want. You have very, very good reasons. You're not crazy. You're protecting yourself from what you want. So we just need to make it safe. And when we make money safe and loving, it's really amazing how quickly and dramatically you're outside life circumstances can change for the better. Fantastic. Well Fan- that's my line. Fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Morgana. We appreciate your time and we wish you all the best of luck. Thank you. Have a great vacation. Thank you. If you love music and podcasting, now you can have both. Introducing the brand new K2 radio station available 24-7 on the Live 365 app for free. Specializing in rock and alternative music. We're talking bands like Coldplay, Nirvana, Muse, Imagine Dragons, and yes, even the Rolling Stones. They have all stopped by to drop off songs, and we even have brand new popular tracks added every single day. Also on the free K2 radio station, we are including podcasting. Get the best of both worlds. Download hey, that the free was great to have Ray on the show today. Yeah, definitely. I love how she talks about And figuring out how to really embrace money in a different way in your life so that you have a healthier relationship with it. Yeah, and all the traveling and getting married again all over again. You know, I don't know if I could do that. I mean, married twice already. You know, it was a lot. You know, I get married. But it's it's talking about getting married to the same person. You want to marry me over and over again? Baby, I marry you in my mind. You know, I I have (laughs) dreams about marrying you all the time. Do you? You I I do. You know why? Why? All the weddings we go to and actually work at. Oh, that's so true. I bet you if you go to so many events like you have been, do you like sleep weddings, dream weddings? I do. I do dream about a lot of weddings and I dream about like things going wrong with weddings but then it like wakes me up in the morning and then I go through my checklist of making sure that we're on track with all of the different weddings and oh, yeah you know, there's three things that wake me up every morning what now it could be a random three I don't know which one's <laughs> going to be this t- today but three things wake me up one it could be the alarm clock okay obviously second it could be you know I've used the bathroom mm-hmm. and the third thing that can wake me up is a little clover bear over there wanting to be taken out of a little kennel and taken downstairs. Definitely. But uh, yes, I get woken up by clover and wedding nightmares. <laughs> I've had a really solid nightmare in a while. I did have an interesting dream yesterday, though. I remember. What was it? I was in a weird hotel. It was like part aliens were there or something or spaceships. Or something. It was kind of a mishmash of like something happened a long time ago. It happened today. Or aliens are buried under, under the ground, the basement of the hotel <laughs> or something weird. And then like, we're staying there or we own the place or I don't know if we live there. What the deal? It was a mishmash of things. My dreams are all over the place. Yeah, definitely. Just kind of like you, right? <laughs> 100%. 100%. And kind of about like this episode. I mean, other than our fantastic interview, we've been a little bit all over the place because we're just celebrating all the good things 
Happy podcast anniversary, honey. Oh, thank you, babe. Happy anniversary to you, baby. Oh, podcast anniversary. Oh, uh, did I say that wrong? I meant <laughs> podcast anniversary. A podiversary. Well, oh, I like that podiversary. So, Chris, where can our listeners find out more about us and the last three years of our podcasting journey? Well, you can always go to our website, which is chrisandchristineshow.com. Don't you worry, the pretty little head, because all of that will be listed in the show notes of this episode. Just click down below. They're right there. And you can find out information about Morgana Ray and all of her amazing adventures and her excellent expertise. And don't forget to check out our website. Check out our video that we talked about last week regarding our wonderful family vacation. Uh, You can connect to Podtastic Audio, Chris's podcast. You can connect to K2 Radio Station and also Christine Smith Designs. We are a one-stop shop over here. It's all right there at Christy, chrisandchristineshow.com. And we'll be back with you next next week. week.